One of the top three questions that we're getting consistently right now from almost every executive that we're working with from Texas to New Mexico to the PAC Northwest to the Upper East Coast is what's the likelihood of a recession? The fact is, is that there's a lot of conflicting data right now. And especially when you look at national news sources versus industry news sources versus other personal, more tailored economic advice. We're going to help you give some insights today on what we are interpreting the risks are about a recession and how it could possibly affect you and your business. Welcome to the Pioneer Cast. I'm Dwayne Abels, founder and president of Pioneer IQ. I hope over the course of the next 10 to 15 minutes, we're able to give you some insights on how to help you prepare your leaders, scale your business, and forecast and understand what's likely to happen in your specific markets. To help us out with this big question of a recession, the risk, and the conflicting data is our great friend, Keith Prather. Hey, Keith, thanks for joining us again today. Absolutely. Great to be here. Good to see you again. So I know we've talked off camera several times. Um, you just reiterated another story that sounds so familiar. Um, again, everybody is asking, who do I who do I believe? Because I'm trying to make a decision for my business is what I hear a lot. So I'm anxious to kind of get a download from you on what you're currently seeing and to give our opinion on what's likely to happen over the short, maybe the midterm with a possible recession. Yeah, so we're going to go through and show them some data real quick to show what that conflict is. But one thing we ought to say probably right up front is just a little bit of the difference between a, um, a little more of like a like a macroeconomic type recession risk and then what happens in the construction sector and then what folks can watch for, uh, you know, with recession risk in, in, in our industry. So when we when we think about recession, um, one of the things we're watching right now is the Federal Reserve puts out a a national data point. And that national data point is just the probability of recession. And we showed this to folks about two months ago. And at that time, recession risk was actually 6% over the next 12 months. So what we want to show you is using federal data. And this data has been very consistent. Like this particular metric itself, if you look back over history, you can look all the way back into the 1960s that it's it's never given us a false positive when the thing goes up and we see it in the 20 to 25 percent range uh, of recession risk we typically visit recession it's never given us a false negative where it has dove and gotten really close to zero and we've gone into recession anyway so what we're trying to show folks right now is that the federal reserve is saying that through may of 2023 the risk of recession right now is only 4%. Now that can change quickly. That would be the one caveat I would throw on here is it can change really, really fast. And so, you know, you, you've got, you've got some of this speculation that, you know, maybe there's some pressures that would lead us into recession quicker than what this chart is showing. So one of those that we also watch is a thing from the Atlanta Fed. So you got two different federal reserve districts looking at a lot of the same data. And right now they're showing a couple different things. So the Atlanta Fed, and this is a little bit of a busy chart, so I'll, I'll walk through it real fast. The Atlanta Fed takes a rolling estimate of GDP every single quarter. So every time we have a brand new economic release that comes out, the Atlanta Fed adds that information into the current rolling GDP estimate. And we know kind of where that quarter is trending and how it's going to come out in GDP, right? Um, 
So what we saw in Q1, you guys all saw that we contracted at a 1.5%. It was just updated today at a 1.6% rate now. So we had contraction in Q1. In order for us to have an official technical recession, we have to have two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. So we started getting a little nervous, right? Our spidey senses started tingling when we started to see what the Atlanta Fed number was doing. Because if you look at the green line, the Atlanta Fed number dipped down to zero um, kind of early in June. So we were kind of you know running right on that razor's edge of Q2, maybe contracting if we got another wave of bad economic data. It's since kind of popped back up. So the most recent data that we have shows it growing at just a 0.3% rate in Q2, which is, which is dismal. Um, but it would officially get us through and allow us not to hit recession by definition in the first half of this year. Um, you're going to, if you watch the news, you're going to hear a lot of people say, Hey, look, technically we're already in recession. So forget the discussion. We're already there. Um, using data though, we, we get a little different story. Now, if you see the blue line up there, the blue line is blue chip consensus economic forecast. So top 10 economists in the country putting their forecast out for Q2, looking at a lot of the same data. And right now they're saying that we should grow somewhere around 3% uh, for the quarter. And then Q3 is expected to grow. <clears throat> Our first real risk of recession, if you just look at trending data, forget the Federal Reserve data I just showed you a minute ago, but just look at trending data. It looks like it might start in Q4 and then spread into Q1 of 2023. And then either side of that, each quarter, Q3 and 2022, uh, we're projecting pretty razor thin growth. Again, kind of like Q2 here, maybe where we only grow at like half a percent. And then in Q2 of 2023, also on the other side of this recession risk, they're showing growth of about a half a percent also. So we've got a year here starting in Q3 of this year where you know maybe we're limping along um, but there are several things that can really change that. And that's what we wanted to end with in this particular uh, video. So things to watch moving forward. So right now, consumer spending is still 70% of GDP. And <coughs> excuse me, despite inflationary pressures, um, consumer spending is still strong. So even when we look at retail sales on a year-over-year -year basis, retail is kind of flat. Uh, a lot of households are having to spend a lot of their available cash on necessities like food. Um, and, and so more of their cash is going into that kind of spending. They don't have a lot left over to be able to go and spend on discretionary items, uh, seasonal merchandise, uh, you know, uh, electronics. In the other side of the retail store, typically that drives a lot of profitability. So because of that, we got a lot of fear, a lot of warning signals that came out when Walmart and Target said, hey, we have a problem, our consumers aren't spending. Well, the truth of the matter is they're still spending. It's just that their money's not going into pockets where we want to see it. There's also this other side of the equation where we still know that there's about three and a half trillion dollars of what we call excess deposits in banks. So when you look at the 20 years prior to the pandemic in U.S. banking systems, we sat on about one and a half trillion dollars of savings. Right. So this is just money sitting in checking accounts waiting to be spent. And um, again, one and a half trillion. Today, we're sitting on almost four point, roughly $4.8 trillion in those accounts. 
So there's over three and a half trillion still just sitting in bank accounts waiting to be spent. And a lot of it is, you know, folks like my wife who, you know, wanted to go buy a brand new car. She saved money for it. She wants to go do that, but the car's not available. She can't get to it, um, can't get one. So the money's just sitting, waiting on that car to be available, and then she'll go spend that money. Other could be like my kids. I've got two uh, young kids. I'm just getting started in their married life, and um, they're, they've got the deposit set back or they've got the down payment set back for a home, but they can't find a house to buy. So they're waiting on that moment and then they go, you know, buy that home. And so we've got this pent up spending that still could release that could really change the economic outlook and maybe keep us even out of recession if that spending releases sometime in the second half of the year. Last thing I'll point out on the positive side is corporate spending right now still at all time highs. We just got May data and we still see um, corporations spending roughly at the rate of about 75 billion a month in just CapEx spending. So expanding facilities, spending on new equipment, robotics, automation, um, expanding their fleets, just doing a lot of corporate spending uh, to try and improve their operations. And so that kind of also spurs and keeps the economy going. So the, the five things to watch, uh, the risks that could really kind of tilt us and, and spin us into uh, a negative trend faster is obviously inflation kills spending. And and that's some of the risk we see in retail right now. So anything that creates additional surges in energy or food or housing um, would be problematic. Uh, we think housing will start to come down a bit. We do see a lot of food inflation risk. And we do still see a lot of energy risk. So we'll see what happens there. But we just don't see diesel, gasoline, oil prices easing anytime soon. Um, other thing is that businesses are building inventories way too fast and we have a new inbound wave of container ships that are headed to the United States with China reopening its ports. And so once those inbound waves hit and inventories get beefed up, it'll be good news for some companies, some manufacturers who have been waiting on parts, suddenly going to get those parts. And so they can kind of release new products into the market and you'll start to see that economic momentum build. But for other companies like retailers, when they get overstocked, they suddenly stop ordering and you start to see new orders decline and we don't see raw materials and hiring and transportation demand at the same levels that we saw it at like, you know, like over the last two years. So um, that can create a little bit of a deceleration. And if you're gonna pinpoint a period of time, again, it kind of looks like that period between Q3 of this year and Q2 of next year when the biggest risk hits us. Um, the third item is just fear. It's just people hearing the R word recession and just being afraid of it. And um, in our very next video, Dwayne, you and I are gonna talk a lot about those industries that are gonna be recession proof and reasons why, especially in the construction sector, that we don't need to be that afraid of what we see coming, even in a recession. And even if it's a soft landing recession or even a hard recession, um, a, lot of these, a lot of these trends that really help construction are gonna continue and blow right through this period. And we'll, again, talk about that in the next video. Uh, we can't lose track of COVID. There are two new variants uh, flowing through Europe right now. They're showing a little bit of risk. Um, they just seem to evade, you know, all of the immune system. Um, and we're still waiting on new data to find out whether the hospitalization rate will be higher than, than what we maybe saw with prior waves. Uh, but we do know that the vaccinations and the vaccines and boosters and all that kind of stuff are going to have to be changed to be able to deal with these new variants. So we just can't lose track of that. Last thing is that Russia right now holds a lot of keys to what comes next. And if you think about the, the top bullet there, inflation, 
um, they hold the key to food and energy markets. They really do. And uh, they could create a tough winter for Europe and for the rest of the world if they decide to go that route. So um, got a little bit of a, a little bit of a concern there that, again, we're going to have to kind of work our way through. But, um, you know, I think overall, when we think about recession risk, we're, we're going to eventually hit recession. It just by definition. Right. Um, we're going to hit it. There's two consecutive quarters of negative growth. But if you think about it, think about this. If we are technically in recession right now, this is what it feels like, you know. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's like it's like the word recession and the fear of recession is worse than the actual impacts of recession right now. I mean, labor strong, yeah. consumer spending still stays healthy, corporate spending is still healthy for now, and that that will all decelerate as we go into the end of the year. We know that, um, but it may feel like a soft landing, you know. Even the Federal Reserve. We're starting to hear hints that the Federal Reserve may pull back a little bit on rate of their interest rate increases over the next couple quarters. Um, we're going to get a couple more hikes, but that's going to leave the long-term interest rate lower than it was in 2019. So if you remember you what know, it was, you, bring, you go ahead. Right, you bring up a great point. I think the the magnitude of fear around the term recession um, scares a lot of people because of what we as an industry went through. You know, back in in eight, nine, ten, you know, and 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 that drug on forever for contractors, architects, engineers, developers, etc. Um, but we're not in that time, right? We're not in that type of a scenario right now. Um, and I appreciate your candor, just because I think people have a really hard time delineating between what the media is saying about a recession versus what the data is saying about a national recession. And then separately, it's impact or lack of impact on the construction industry as a whole. So that's very helpful. Uh, we'll continue to monitor that, um, that those sets of data and obviously get new data back to you and a new video to you if that changes. Last question I have for you, Keith, is on that interest rate point. Um, what are your thoughts about the Fed's continuing to in, uh, increase interest rates? Is it possible? If so, what are your thoughts just given your current data set? on what that could be yeah so the fed made statements even this week they're going to continue to hike rates we know that and they're going to continue at a fairly aggressive rate at least over the next two meetings so the federal reserve typically meets every other month and that's typically when they set interest rate policy they can move more frequently but it sounds like right now they're not going to do that they're starting to get some economic data that starts to show deceleration and you know they're, they're only worried about inflation right now that's all they're concerned about and they're starting to get some hints of deflationary type activities in some parts of the economy, but not in all parts of the economy. The, the crazy thing here is that housing prices are starting to come down, but not fast enough. They've got to see housing prices come down and then they've got to, something they can't control. They'd like to see energy come down. They'd like to see food come down. They can't control energy and food consumption. We're, we all have to live. We all have to eat. We all have to you know, heat and cool our houses and, and we got to drive to work. So they can't control those two pieces, but they can control housing and the cost of housing. They've got to get that cost down. They've got to get rents down. And that's a difficult, difficult challenge for them right now because there's not enough supply and they can't control supply. So the point is they're going to continue to try and use interest rate policy to try and slow down economic spending, to try and get inflation down. Um, but it feels like, and a lot of speculators are saying that they're only going to be able to go a couple more rate hikes and rate hits before 
maybe the economy starts to decelerate enough that they've got to back off and stop. Again, even when you listen to their statements, their long range forecast for what they call the prime rate is about 3.8% by summer of next year. That only puts it slightly above where we were in 2019 and still well under rates that we saw prior to the Great Recession, like in 06, 07, when the housing market was so robust. So, so rates still, if you just listen to what the Fed's saying and where their targets are, still will continue to be a, a very accommodating interest rate environment for the construction sector. It's going to feel worse than it has over the last decade because we've had interest rates on rock bottom zero since the Great Recession, right? They popped up just a little bit in, you know, kind of 2019, 2018, 2019, that, that period. Um, but we're still well below those rates and we've still, the Fed's not expecting to blow over those very, by very much. Um, again, yeah. like, you, like you said, subject to change, things can happen. Uh, but right now it's, it's more of a fear factor than it is anything else. It is. I, I was just about to say, you know, what you're saying, Keith doesn't sell media, right? That doesn't sell stories. <laughs> But that that seems to be the clear truth, um, you know, and it's just a Captain Obvious point to point out. But, you know, we were at all time project level highs in 18 and 19 back when our interest rates were not far from where they are now. We've been here before recently um, and we were still at all time highs. So um, hopefully this is a little bit of a sense of calm. Hopefully people are able to see this over the Fourth of July week and weekend. Uh, enjoy their time, enjoy what we do have, and uh, hopefully bring some of the gratitude back for being in a country that is thriving, um, even though it goes against what the media might be telling us to sell more media time. But I, I greatly appreciate your candor and uh, and your honesty. And, uh, you know, I've looked back over the last three or four years at what you have forecasted with our clients, and I just appreciate the consistency and the track record. So, I, again, just uh, bigger picture. Thank you, Keith. And I Appreciate your help. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys. Yeah, it's always a blessing to be on uh, these calls with you and to be associated with such a fine organization. So I appreciate it. Well, I hope you learned something from, from this last 10 or 15 minutes. Again, our passion is to help better equip you and your leaders uh, to go out and serve your clients and your employees and your organization, and your community over the course of the next couple of months. We'll continue to monitor this. If there's anything that we can do, specific to your business or for your business, please reach out. Uh, but until then, lead on.